0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900CHML. Thanks for the feedback about our discussion about uh, schools and school closures uh, during the pandemic. Here, you can always reach us uh, on email bkelly at 900CHML.com. And I'm hearing from a lot of parents and I'm told teachers uh... that are very concerned about what's going on and so i want to spend a couple more minutes talking about that because uh, teachers especially i mean they are the frontline workers on our education system and uh... if something's not going well they're the first ones to notice it and they have been quite vocal about this uh... harvey bischoff who's been on this program many times of course he's the president of the ontario secondary school teachers federation says they've been pleading with the education minister to work with them to get some proper plans And he's frustrated.
1: In terms of the relationship between the, the, you know, uh, the education unions and and this provincial government, I would say it's essentially non-existent. We have been pleading with the ministers since March the 12th, when the... first closure was announced to include us in some consultation to work with us we will sincerely and wholeheartedly provide um uh, cooperation and, and advice that would help make um schools function more effectively and more safely and we just got shut out at every turn and i just i i can't understand the the approach
0: well a lot of folks can't understand it harvey bishop of course from the ontario secondary school teachers federation why don't they set up an advisory panel now, there's an idea. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's an idea that's uh, that's uh, part of a letter that uh, the Ontario English Teachers, uh, Catholic Teachers uh, F- Association, has uh, sent. I uh, don't know how effective that's going to be when the minister finally reads that. Uh, Liz Stewart is the uh, president of the Ontario English Catholic Teachers Association, joins us on the Bill Keller Show to talk about this. Liz, thank you for the time. Glad you could hop on with us today.
1: No problem, and good morning, Bill. How are you today?
0: Good. I'm frustrated, and I'm sure you are too, because yeah. we we're getting mixed messages, half measures from the province when it comes to this. I'm I'm hearing more and more data, Liz, on a daily basis now from from st- statisticians, from doctors that are saying this school closure thing is is really, really, really being harmful to kids. You know, they're off, they're on, they're off, they're, they're, they're you know, they're the mental health issues we all know about that, the physical health issues that are going on. You guys are on the front line. You must be seeing this on a daily basis. Well, not now because you're not allowed in school.
1: Ab- absolutely. And that's what we've been hearing from our members. And, you know, we have been calling since the spring uh, to be part of the conversation so that we could make whatever reopening plans they wanted to put in place be sustainable because we understood um, as educators – I mean, I'm a, you know elementary classroom teacher – and I understand the importance of in-school learning for kids. It, it's about more than the academics. You know, that mental health piece is huge. The stability of going to school every day for, for some of our students, it's the only stability they experience. Mm-hmm. So we recognize how important it is, and that's absolutely what we wanted to have happen. And at every opportunity, we got shut down. And, I, you know, I have not been above begging to be heard and to to be part of the conversation because we recognize how important it was and you know we we've gone through frustration to fury i mean yesterday when the reports came out about the fact the ministry not only ignored what we were saying but they ignored their own internal memos when they put together the plan and that just that just that should infuriate everybody because what? That's why we're in the situation we're in.
0: Well, exactly. Just before you joined us, I had uh, Dr. Martha Fulford on uh, from uh, uh, McMaster Children's Hospital. Of course, as you know, she was one of the co-authors of the original uh, series of recommendations from sick kids, Uh, and and she's as frustrated as you are because she said, that's not what we said, that's not what we recommended. Uh, The province is basically just reworking everything here and and adding to the frustration. You mentioned uh, in in your letter uh, to the government here, uh, well, a quick read here. I I know you probably know this uh, off by heart, but uh, the government has had almost a year to up with the plan. Instead, they have been lurching from last-minute decision to last-minute decision and hoping for the best while relying on the federal government to put up the majority of any new education funding. Catholic teachers firmly believe that in-person learning is the best for students. Now, here's the situation. Now, this is one of the things that I'm, I'm shaking my head about, Liz. When I've talked to the Minister Lecce about this, I, I got the sense he, he agrees with you. In-class is the best possible option here. Then why aren't they doing everything within their power to ensure that that happens?
1: Well, that's an excellent question, and it's one that we have been asking repeatedly. I mean we have we have offered, you know to sit down with them to to let's talk about this because we understand you know that that you know we've heard from medical experts and we've heard from epidemiologists, and we've heard from you know ventilation specialists, and we have all of that information. And what we're saying is, Don't you also need to hear from the people who actually make schools function every day? You know, we also have something to bring to the table so that we can make sure whatever is put in place is sustainable. It can continue to happen. And this government has steadfastly shut us out. I mean, it's things like yesterday when they made the announcement about opening some schools uh, in, in the southern part of the province. We found out the same time as everybody else. I represent 45,000 Catholic teachers across this province, and I found out at five o'clock via Twitter. How is that appropriate? How is that working together to make sure that things can be successful? And they've made this a very binary choice, right? They've said either Mm -hmm. the schools are open or they're closed. And what we've said is, no, actually it's not that simple. You can you know, either you close schools or you reopen them and put the proper measures in place so they can stay open.
0: I'll say this I don't want to put you in a bind, although you I'm sure you will agree with this. I think one of the major problems that we've got here is in Ontario. I can only speak for Ontario, I don't want to get into the other jurisdictions, although we should use them as comparators. Is that there is a, a, a not so latent acrimonious uh, uh attitude towards teachers and teachers y- associations and unions by this government and we saw that over the last couple of years with with the negotiations and some of the rhetoric that was flying back and forth from the education ministry and from the premier for that matter too and and i think i i, I as as an observer because i'm you know <laughs> i'm not a teacher and i'm certainly not in government i i think that's part of the underlying cause why these guys don't want to sit down and talk with you about this because they just they don't want to give you that kind of credibility
1: uh, and unfortunately, I would say you're probably right. Um, and and it is unfortunate because certainly for us, on behalf of our members, it's never been about the fight. And I know, you know, I mean, I get tagged all the time. I get told, you know, I'm a union boss. and But, you know, I'm actually, I'm an elementary classroom teacher. That's who I am. That's what I do. You know, come September, that's where I'll be again. And to me, that's what's important. It's critically important that we make sure that we're speaking for the students as well as for our members all across the province, that we're making sure we're putting the right measures in place, which includes, you know, making sure we're at an advisory table and making sure that the government actually does what it says it's going to do. I mean, in the summer, they talked about, you know, they were going to bring in robust testing for schools. They never did. It didn't start happening until November, and only in a very limited way. And we're saying, if we want to keep schools open and safe, that has to be part of that. Yeah, and...
0: uh... I, I get another report that Dr. Uh, Isaac Bogosh, co-authored, uh, that we talked about yesterday, t- mentions that very th- same thing. Uh, there has to be tracing. There has to be testing done on a regular basis, and they're just not doing it to the, to the level that they promised. Uh, but, again, I, I, I get back to the fact that I don't, what, I don't think that they, they respect what you're doing. And, and you saw this. You know, long before the pandemic raged to the extent where it has now, Liz, uh, when negotiations were going on, remember in the early years of this government, well class sizes and such, they accused people like you, as as a union president, of indoctrinating kids. You know, you know that you know, they're just trying to turn their, those kids against the government. And you know, the, and, and how can you have a relationship if that kind of antagonism is going to be the, the seemingly the foundation for the relationship? Well,
1: I mean, obviously the minister can't. You know, obviously he struggles with that. We don't because we keep one goal in mind, right? And I, and I know my affiliate you know, colleagues agree with me on this. We keep one goal in mind. And our goal is to make Ontario's publicly funded education system the best that it can possibly be and to make sure that students get the best experience they can and that our members are working in positive environments. That's our goal, and frankly, I don't care who we work with to attain that goal. I really it doesn't matter to me who is on the other side of the table as long as we can share a common goal. And this government doesn't want to give credibility to anybody else. But if that's the case, well then they also have to accept the fact that when they make decisions without talking to other people, Without taking all of that information on, without doing it with those best interests in mind, that there are going to be repercussions for that and that people will remember. And that's the bottom line. You know, people will remember when we get to that ballot box again what this government chose to do. And it has made choices. And we are asking and pleading for them to make the choice to come and engage in real meaningful dialogue so that we can make sure we are opening our schools in the safest way possible.
0: But the ramifications go well beyond well, the next two years and the next provincial election, I'm, I'm I'm concerned about the long-term impact this is going to have, not just on the education system, but on the on the students that are in that system right now. Uh, as, as we talked about with Dr. Fulford in the last segment, I mean, you know, the the calls into the kids helpline have increased fourfold. There used to be a million in 2019; it was over four million last year, and and rising. By the way, uh, we know that uh, that suicides are up. We know that uh, abuses of uh, substance abuses are up considerably. Uh, that's that's. Not in isolation. I mean, you know, the numbers have spiked in in the year 2020. uh Do they not connect the dots to say maybe it's because of some of the policies that we're putting in place? We're we're taking them out of this. We're taking them out of their learning environment, and, and especially in your situation, Liz, as an elementary school teacher, those are formative years for for students and for kids in general. I mean, it's it's not just you know the the learning that goes on there. It's the development of social skills, the the interactivity uh, that goes on, all of this sort of stuff. If you take them out of that school environment, uh, they're not learning that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there, there's so many things. I mean, when any one of us think about, you know, as adults think about the pressures that, you know, the pandemic has placed on us, you know, and, and the changes we have to make in our lifestyles and the stresses that's brought to bear, and then imagine, you know, a young child who is, who is trying to navigate through this, in, in some of them in, in very different life circumstances. You know, I mean, when you talk about all of the, you know, the kids' help phone and the increase in calls when we talk about the fact that, you know, domestic violence rates have skyrocketed. You know, we're now asking people to isolate at home with a, with their abusers. And, you know, there has to be supports, And that is, you know, we have been calling way before this, we were saying, you know, more mental health supports were required Um, to assist within schools with students. And now we're going to see an exponential rise in that. We understand that as educators. Um, we, We know that really and truly, once we get back into school, our focus is going to be on working with those students to to get them ready to learn. And that's a big part of what schools do every day. We don't just impart information to kids. We prepare them to receive that information. We, we teach them how to learn. You know, we, we engender that joy of learning, which quite frankly is, you know, dying a death right now. You know, the, the government put in place this, Uh, memo saying that, you know, synchronous learning, you know, kids have to sit in front of a computer for, you know, 200, 300 minutes a day. And and we're seeing and hearing across the province, young children who, who can't do that. And they're having these, you know, all of a sudden education and being in classrooms and being in school is not a joy and it should be. So I think the repair work that begins, begins with, um, bringing students back into schools with the correct safety measures in place and then rebuilding that um, just that joy that comes with, with being together in schools and learning together. And, you know, the academics, well, well, we'll get to that. But first we have to really look at how do we rebuild um, students' confidence um, and how do we rebuild that connection and relationship that they need to have within the schools to be comfortable there so that they can truly, you know, learn and engage? And that's, that's going to be critical for us, you know, which is why, you know, we called for no EQAO testing this year. because we mm-hmm. said, and, and I'm going to pause it and say, and we need to say for next year as well, because that really shouldn't be a focus. Our focus should be on rebuilding students' mental health and rebuilding uh, their confidence and their their love of learning, and then we can start really to push the academic piece because the academic will get there, right? Like, we'll rebuild that. That I'm confident of. I'm more concerned about the mental health issues.
0: Liz Stewart, uh, President of the Ontario English Catholic Teachers Association. Uh, we'll see how the government responds to to your statement, Liz, uh, hopefully in a positive manner. Uh, we'll stay in touch. Thanks so much for this. Have a nice weekend.
1: No problem. Thanks so much, Bill. You take care.
0: The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.